everyone, I'm Lisa. And I'm Dawn. And this is I Hate It, Let's Watch It, where we watch those we love and then rip them apart. So good back to being in, like, chaos and I don't know if cha- I don't know if chaos is the word. What? What word would you use? I don't think I have one. This was a shit show and a half this episode. I would call that chaos, personally. Fine. But I, I mean, it was... I have notes this week, guys. Dawn is not going noteless anymore. But it was... Just, it was too much. It was a lot. <laughs> My head hurts already. There was a lot. There was a lot going on. But to get us started, here's our 60-second summary. This week, we're back to our regularly scheduled Riverdale chaos. Upon learning that General Taylor is about to receive a commendation for his army service, Archie decides to file a formal complaint with the military tribunal to make sure that the general's dirty mission is exposed. When all is said and done, Eric is absolved of his involvement in the mission and General Taylor is dishonorably discharged, and we are deeply suspicious of how easily and how well that turned out. Elsewhere in the realm of the suspicious, Cheryl decides to push Penelope out of the Church of Jason by performing three miracles to prove that she is a saint and ends up believing that she is actually a divine entity. Under threat of investigation by the SEC, Veronica needs to get rich quick. Chad offers to deal her in on one of his business ventures, but she turns it down in favor of stealing and reselling Hiram's palladium stash at auction. Her vengeance streak continues when she leaks a story about the accident and tanks Chad's IPO launch since the company is a helicopter taxi service for rich people. Jughead's road to alcoholism recovery is not going so well. He relapses and submits a novel he didn't write to his agent to meet his deadline. Fortunately, Jughead comes clean about the plagiarism after a very depressing conversation with a dead behind the eyes Betty. Betty admits she is addicted to hunting serial killers and no lies are detected there. We end with Betty and Tabitha out on the lonely highway and to quote Jughead, we have a bad feeling about this. So before we get started, let me just tell you what we're drinking here. Thank you. I'm excited. And maybe it can launch us into the first thing we talk about. Oh, good. Um, it's called the Bee's Knees. <laughs> <laughs> so it has honey in it, obviously. Mm. It's like honey, lemon juice. Um, I put a little seltzer in there because I put a little seltzer in everything. And, um, it's always nice to have a little fizz. Yeah. And just like to cut some of the like intensity of the lemon juice because I'm not a big citrus. All right. Well, cheers. Cheers. Oh, that's delicious. Right? That's going to go down quite fast. Delightful. So let's talk about Cheryl. (laughs) The queen of the bees. The queen of... Or whatever she said. Is that what she said? Queen of the bees? She did say say queen of the bees, but getting into it, I've realized she's the one obsessed with musical numbers. Yeah, you know... I really loved the moment where Penelope cut them off before Jason they doesn't <laughs> want them anymore. Yeah, Jason is code for Lisa. Lisa doesn't want the music numbers say, anymore. I was going to say, no, Jason is code for uh, all the fans. Of I hate it. Let's watch it because that's how we feel. Yes. Thank you, Jason, for speaking on our behalf. That was amazing. So glad. And in my notes, I have God bless Penelope because she cut that off as soon as she, as soon as Cheryl was like, I wrote hallelujah. <laughs> as soon as Cheryl was like, yeah, so we're going to do a number from, uh, you know, Jesus in the Technicolor Dreamcoat again. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit. We're do-. like, and it was like within the first minute. I don't think we had gotten to a full mi- minute no. of the show yet. And I was like, and that was, the, that was the funniest part of it all. I'm like, no, 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 no. We're not starting <laughs> yeah, no, this No, no, I can't do it. I'm, I'm I'm still detoxing. But I think this is also the show making fun of itself again, Mm. where it's like, I hope it is. They're hearing us. I hope so. I hope they listen to our podcast and are like, oh, wow, people really hate the musical numbers, or at least uh, John and Lisa do. Do you imagine, can you imagine if like we're watching an episode and at one point they say, I hate it, let's watch it. (laughs) And we're like, I would die. First of all, I would die. 
Um, but they probably wouldn't call it I Hate It, Let's Watch It because they no, have to No, not like call out. They have to like, rebrand everything. So it would be well, like, yes. I don't like it. Let's view it. <laughs> also, we're not something that's out there. We're not trademarked. As a high, we're not a trademark company. <laughs> But um, I just find it funny that if we had any hint of that, that would be really fucking funny to me. I would die. I would really die. Going yeah. into it, she is, Cheryl is very, very consumed in the, the plot, I'm going to say plot, of trying to be a living saint. Yeah. Did you look into this at all? Uh, is this I didn't. Really I mean, we're both Catholic- people but we're not practicing Ooh, yeah currently. <laughs> i use that term very loosely but that's what i'm saying like we don't practice so it's not even but i didn't think it would be that easy to just do three miracles and then you become a living saint. like this whole scenario magic and all i mean it's kevin's magic that got her the first two right like we're acknowledging that these are not supernatural events, they're not they're not except for the bees which no, I guess the bees we'll, we'll even. Get to. Yeah, I guess. I, l- let's start with the other ones because I have plenty to say about those. I mean, not necessarily. Oh, I'm sorry. You have a comment. You need no to make. water to syrup. That's a weird fucking transition. It is. I mean, it was like it was kind of a stupid like wink wink way to translate an actual Bible story into Riverdale. Like, okay, yeah. Like right, instead of syrup. water until one, we're gonna do the thickest possible. Yeah. Substitute. And I particularly didn't care about that miracle. But the second miracle confused me because this was about the stigmata on Cheryl's hands. But Jason didn't have those wounds. He didn't. That He was, was shot in the head. I'm sorry. That was literally Christ on the cross. Right. Yeah. Yes. Stigmata are real. Well, real. I mean, they're part of the Catholic yes, religion. But, but it was not Jason's wounds. Right. Yeah, Jason so when they said that, it was very odd. Nails through his hands. So yeah, that was that was really odd. So for her to bleed that way was very odd. Yeah, and I don't know why they even did it. Use that. Uh, yeah, so that was weird. But again, is that part of Kevin's magic? I, I guess did air so. I mean, for it's, that. Im- I... it's implied that Kevin is the mastermind behind all of these illusions. Well, not the bees because he's allergic. Kevin and David Copperfield. <laughs> yeah. Well, the bee. He's allergic to bees, so he couldn't do the bee one. Right. That was all of Cheryl's doing. And, you know, afterwards, she says that she didn't have anything on her hands, any sort of protectant or whatever. But what's the point? Regardless of that, though, she said that Grandma Rose taught her everything she knew about keeping bees. Beekeeping, yeah. Which is fine. So, okay, you're holding honeycombs, basically dripping honeycombs in your hands. Mm-hmm. Is that attracting bees? Or did you just go into a hive, pull them out, and hold them and say that they came to you? Like, what is... Yeah, we I didn't get... see the, the... The gathering of the bees. Right. <laughs> we don't know how they got there. And actually, that's kind of a fair question because we also don't know how she got the bees to put in Mr. Honey's office. When she referenced that whole thing. I do remember that. So it's not a miracle. It's by far not a miracle. And it's not the third to make it the trifecta for her to be this living saint. But it is the one that convinces her, oh, that Cheryl, she's- that she is Well, she says, divine. too, she's like, something's... Okay, any show we fucking watch, you and I, we know this. <laughs> we have a pattern. She says... I feel something inside of me. And it's like, really? Really? 
Yeah. I do okay. too. It's called depression and anxiety. Oh, snap. But that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, what do you feel? Like, that you really need to have this type of power. Like, define it. You're not really defining it. You're just using it as a weird stepping stone into whatever you really want to do. Right. Yeah. It's, I feel like people who have these sort of epiphanies that they're, they're so religious that they're doing something for a religious purpose. It's because they actually want to do the thing, but now they have a reason. They can justify what they're doing Mm -hmm. because it's a divine reason all of a sudden. So yeah. I I also don't know where this is going to go. I don't either. I'm honestly baffled by it and I'm not disinterested because I'm kind of at this point, curious to see where this is going. I'm curious and I find it the comedic relief because if you think about the rest of the show and the rest of the scenarios we're dealing with and storylines, this is the most unrealistic portion. You know, like people deal with serial killers, murderers, unfortunately, Mothman? we deal with. No. <laughs> That's not where I was going. I would put that, that on a par, I think, with unrealistic. Uh, PTSD is real. Mm-hmm. Writer's block is real. The FBI murderers finding killers on a daily basis real. The stock market real. Hedge funds real. You know what I'm saying? Capitalism real. Real. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, based on the scenarios that were given, they're not exactly 100%, but they can be considered realistic in comparison to Cheryl's scenario right now. Sure. Like, it's it's very uncommon that someone you know might start their own church and then and then yeah. seek to Based establish themselves sibling. as a divine entity within yeah. that church. <laughs> so we're going to go with comedic relief for 200 Alec. <laughs> I did think that – I thought it was funny when Cheryl was sitting down with Veronica about the auction – and she was like, okay, well, is that all? Because Kevin and I are going to perform our first miracle today. And Veronica's face was just very relatable at that moment. She was just kind of like, what did you just say? Right. <laughs> like, she was even kind of taken aback by it. She wasn't exactly. Yeah. It's bizarre. Where I feel like if you and I were, like, hanging out with Cheryl, we wouldn't kind of think twice about it. Be like, oh, that makes sense uh, for her. There's Cheryl uh-huh. with her wacky ministry antics. Meh. Who knows? But I would I probably wouldn't hang out with Cheryl. <laughs> I don't think we'd get along. Well, what do you want our next Oh, wait, before we move oh, on. Okay. Did you <laughs> the first time that Kevin was introducing one of Cheryl's miracles and he said, Behold, I thought he put a lot of emphasis on the B part. And so I was like, Behold with two E's, but then he was introducing the stigmata. And then he did it again though when he was introducing the B's. So I wonder if that was intentional or not. But I thought that was kind of a stupid it might have been. but kind of fun pun. They're liking to make fun of themselves at this point, I think. I think they have to. But I do think the bees looked very CGI. Oh, yeah. They were they were not legit. It was not a Candyman situation. This is not the season for bees either. They're trying to die and they will stay. Not out. the season for bees. It's not. I think my aunt killed like three in the backyard today Aww. because they were all like, don't say aw. They're like hovering. They're ready to kill. Like they're ready to die. So Aww. they wanna. They wanna sting you so they could die. So we're like, no, that's uh, not a thing. It is a thing. No, they hover towards Why the ground. Why would they commit suicide like that? Why they're they just... ready to go. <laughs> Lisa, I'm not I've even. I've never kidding. heard this before. Really? No. They hover towards the ground because they're done. And 
it's known that when a bee stings you, they die afterwards. Sure. So they're looking to, like, they're at the end of, they're at their wit's end at this point. And they're ready. That's why they swarm lower and towards people so that they can sting and fucking pass out. That, that, I, <laughs> I can't accept this. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that is, this is the rule. I need to see the science because I can't imagine that bees are intelligent enough to be like, okay, here's what we're going to do, guys. We're just going to They hover. know that's how they die, though. <laughs> we're going to hover ready at ankle it. level waiting for somebody to walk by so we can fucking sting that bitch. Well, okay. Regardless, Listen, I'm done with bees. <laughs> I'm done with the bees. Listen, save the bees. Uh, without no, po- save the bees. Without pollination, we're nothing. If they're already dying, wasps. <laughs> I'm talking more about wasps, not the bumblebees. Oh, okay. Not the pollinating bees. Okay. I'm talking wasps. Yeah, wasps. Wasps. Wasps can, wasps can go fuck themselves. Oh, you're about to say wop, and that's Whips a bee. That's an wet as pussy. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> to who? Uh, let's see. What shall we go to? I mean, I guess I mentioned Veronica. We can go to Veronica. We can go to Veronica. I was glad to see Chad. I don't give a shit about him, honestly. I don't either, because, I mean, he's so inconsequential at this point. I think I I like to see him because I wish he could be a bigger player, but they really only seem to utilize him when they want, like, a different foil for Veronica besides Hiram. Right. So they just bring him in for I did like how she did him dirty, though. I did like this whole thing. I have thing. questions about it. Okay. Because I don't really understand why the fact that Chad was in a helicopter crash means he can't fund a helicopter-based taxi service. What's saying he can't? Refresh my memory. Well, so the whole thing is that Chad is a silent partner in this business called Copter Cab, and... It's about helicopters that bring rich people up to, you know, Marsha's Vineyard and shit. Mm. And Veronica leaks the story to the Wallbeat Journal. The Wallbeat Journal. The Wallbeat Journal. You know. Ding, ding, ding. One of our lovely Random pseudonyms. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she leaks this story about the helicopter crash that they were in. And apparently it looks bad that one of the main partners in the business was in a helicopter crash, and now he's investing in a helicopter business. Would that really matter? No, I don't think so. That's what confused <gasps> me about it. And... <laughs> it won't die. <laughs> I think it's dead now. No, oh, it's not! <laughs> Wait, let me get Lisa! It won't die! Thank you. I don't know. It kept moving. Okay, well, I'm going to flush it. Thank you. Are you all right? (laughs) My apologies. There was a weird bug. There was a bug on John's leg. It would not die. (laughs) I want to say it was probably Cheryl and her bees. (laughs) Yes, we spoke ill of Of the bees. Of the ministry. Oh, shit. Now we're being punished. We're being punished. In the bug universe. Anyway. So... Yeah, I'm, I was confused because I didn't think that Chad being in a helicopter accident would preclude him from being involved in any company that involves helicopters. No, because he was just a passenger. He didn't drive. Right. He wasn't the... Well, what wasn't clear to me was, did Veronica plant the story that he intentionally crashed the helicopter? I think that's what it was. Because there's literally no proof for that. So, like... There's no proof for anything. We don't... <laughs> they They hit us with a sprinkle of shit. Run away. 
and then expect us to fucking run away not give a fuck when it comes back and then not think into it like we are right now yeah well i'm thinking i'm thinking a lot just because i like that just the whole thing doesn't make sense to me and even if that was the implication you know she leaked the story that chad intentionally crashed this helicopter that's a huge accusation number one Mm -hmm. and number two there's literally no proof that that's what he did so for the yeah, Wall Beat Journal to publish a story like that, you would need more well, evidence. Well, I mean, they got alerts on their boysenberry. Boysenberries. Ah, I died. I died. You texted me that and I was like. <laughs> In all caps, just boysenberry. <laughs> it made me really sad. Because there's got to be another berry you could have thought of for that. I loved it a lot. But. um, Blueberry. Blueberry. Yeah. No, boysenberry was the right call. I, I agree with that. Whatever. But regardless, I feel like he looked like he was caught. So based on what you're saying, when she, you know, was like, I did this, that, and the other thing, he was like, oh, you caught me. Like, that's how he looked. Well, I... So based on what you're saying, how could that, you know, be the scenario or whatever? It could have been because he literally looked guilty. But that's not proof. (laughs) It's not proof, but for us... The viewer, it looks like, okay, he got caught and he looks guilty. I didn't perceive that as looking He's not defending himself. Like, he's not saying, wait a minute, no. Well, she didn't let him. She walked all over him. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's true. But at the same time, nobody else kind of really defended him either. Well, here's the thing. I'm not sure if if that's actually what was being implied here because- it's never directly, Veronica never says, and nobody in that scene says, you crashed the helicopter on purpose. It's just, you know, you were involved in a helicopter crash. And I guess maybe she's thinking, like, why would anyone work on something about helicopters with you when you were involved in a crash? Sure. Not and- saying he caused it, but, like, just saying, like, why would somebody who got in a helicopter accident then promote a helicopter business. Like, okay, fine. That's where I'm going with with, yeah, her, well, if with that her scenario. is the situation, Chad's just an investor. He just owns part of the business. He's not flying the helicopters. No. So who cares? I don't know. I just, I wouldn't care about that. I don't know. I, I think out of the whole scenario, the whole episode, I liked the kind of dynamic with this part. And then I did like the whole palladium aspect of it. Okay, well, we I have even more questions about this. <laughs> that but, I won't be able to answer, but go ahead. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we should start at the beat. My questions are more about the auction, but we can start at the beginning, which is when Reggie suggests to Veronica that they get Hermosa involved to tell them where... Mm-hmm. The palladium is being hidden. Because he's been boning her. I can't understate how much I loved that scene. For that whatever, was great. I loved was, her reaction, He too. was excellent in that scene. Like, oh, yeah. I felt like we were watching a real person have this conversation. I don't I don't know why. It was just that seems to be a forte for him in, in that mm-hmm. just to interact with somebody in that way and I loved it I thought it was great it really made me laugh even though I hate the idea of Reggie with Hermosa because Hermosa is just like a snake and I don't trust her but she's helping out she is she did 
she did give them the inside scoop, and this bothers me a lot. Go ahead. When uh, Reggie and Veronica break in to get the palladium, and Reggie's like, it's a good thing Hiram never changes his passwords. And then Veronica's like, you know what? It's also a really good thing that he doesn't put his palladium in a, you know, safe deposit box somewhere. It's like, you know what? Hiram would do both of those things. Like, I refuse to believe he's this stupid. He hasn't gotten gotten this far in his life and in his business by being this fucking stupid. Unless, no, I don't think, to be honest with you, I don't think it's stupid. To not change your passwords? No. After you sent an employee away and then he fucked you over by selling out your investors to your daughter, who you hate? No, that's not what I'm thinking about. Okay, then what are you thinking about? Thinking about where the palladium stashed. I think that's smart. It's under the Sodale. The smoke screen. The smoke screen. But, like, honestly, everyone's going to think it's in a safe. It's in a safe deposit box. No, he has it under the fucking thing, the diorama of a fucking town. Yeah, but can we just... Can we just emphasize that if it wasn't a safe deposit box, we wouldn't be in this situation because they wouldn't have been able to get to it. Yeah, but I feel like at he this just point, Hermosa leak. knows enough, but Hermosa knows enough where she could have had access to that. You would need the key for a safe deposit box. She could have a key to it. Oh, she sent Reggie the key in the mail. Here, Reggie, here's the I don't know. Box. I'm trying to just say <laughs> Why are you that- defending Hiram? <laughs> I'm not defending Hiram. I'm just saying that- for a rich guy and a manipulative, fucking, slimy, corporate dude to not have it in those places where you would normally think he would hide it makes sense. I could potentially see Hiram's ego getting in the way. Mm-hmm. Like, thinking he's so fucking clever for hiding the palladium in this little well, Sodale diorama. Well, he's fucking diorama. screwed. But the problem with that, I, I still, the password issue really bugs me. I mean... At work, if we fire somebody under, like, you know... We change the fucking code. We change the codes. So, you know, he... I mean, he didn't necessarily leave with Reggie on bad terms, but then he had to have known that Reggie sold out his Sodale thing to Veronica because he's losing his investors. So you would think. You would think he would change his I don't know. A a lot of it is just... I don't know why I'm thinking of it in real time because... It's not real. But I find none it... None of this is real. None of it's real. <laughs> it's all a dream. Uh, a really bad dream. Because we analyze it so much as if it's a real thing and it's not. <laughs> there are real stakes here, Don. We have to have clout mm. for knowing what's coming. <laughs> wow. So, the auction. <laughs> Let's get to the auction now. Mm-hmm. So, they get the palladium. They melt it down into Spanish doubloons. Like Again, that's a part of my notes. Like... How specific can you get? I do love the word doubloon. I don't give a fuck about the balloon. <laughs> I'm just like, who thinks to say it like that? Like a spot, like, mm, just say, we're going to into coins or whatever the fuck. Like, <laughs> why are you so specific like that? I don't know. It did give me, it reminded me of like the Pirates of the Caribbean, the first movie. Oh my God. Yeah. Little pieces and stuff. But yeah, it's not that. But so they melted down into these doubloons. And Veronica wants to auction them off to win some money for her business because the SEC is knocking on the door trying to get her that was... to provide her books and right. such. And they're not in order yet. So she goes to Cheryl and asks her to help her with this auction and basically say, yeah, this palladium is from my maple groves because they can't admit that they stole it from Hiram. So this auction proceeds. Hiram shows up now. 
Veronica said it was invitation only. I'm assuming she didn't invite Hiram. I would think she did. But she yelled at him for showing up. Right. She was like, don't crash my auction. Weird. So she probably didn't invite him and he just showed up, which like, how did you know about it? And also, why was he willing to purchase Palladium when his whole thing is like finding Palladium himself? It just feels like a huge loss of power in the relationship with him and Veronica to like be buying palladium from her. Yeah. To be admitting like I can't find my own palladium so I'm gonna buy it from you. But that's not even the case because he had He had the palladium and he didn't know he lost it until the end of the episode. Unless he was just curious as to where she was getting it at that point. Because like she can't know where I bid on it. Because it's more. He was willing. It's more than what he has. Yeah but I I feel like losing face would be so much more important to him than having more palladium. I don't know. It was weird. That whole scene really confused me because of that. I didn't understand why Hiram was there. I didn't understand why he was willing to buy palladium from, I was about to call her Hermione, (laughs) from Veronica. Well, I also think, I think he's just trying to trace things. Like, where did she get, like, I don't know. I think either he thought it was a fraud situation And he Mm -hmm. was trying to, like, figure out, like, I don't know. But it's, you're right. It's it's a weird situation, but I think it was more him thinking, oh, if Cheryl's involved, that's under the Maple Grove stuff. I have my stuff. I'm going to add to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. To help with his investor situation. Yeah. I I just feel like he was throwing all of his energy into acquiring Cheryl's maple groves. And, you know, maybe that money could have been better spent in that pursuit rather than just buying the doubloons that came from it. I don't know. It was just weird to me. I didn't I didn't quite understand Mm. what was happening there. And I also don't really understand why Hiram was willing to go into business with Chad with this copter. Because he's an asshole and he wants to fuck with Veronica. I mean, like. That's where we're at. He's a sad little man. <laughs> They're both sad little men. <laughs> All men are sad little men. Just... Okay, that's, yeah, that's true. I let's, think we covered wait, them. let's talk about another sad little man. I'm talking about Jughead. <laughs> Oof. He's a very, very sad little man. <laughs> Recovery's not going so well. No. Seven days sober. And then fucking For five seconds. blew it pretty much immediately. Very very quickly. And he did find out that Jess took his manuscript mm-hmm. that he wrote the night that he was tripping. And I have to say, I did kind of feel bad because I, I still don't really quite understand why Betty let Jess leave with that manuscript. Did she feel threatened in a way? I don't think so. That seemed like a, like a girl power moment where they understood mm. each other where she was like I just want to make sure you know Jughead didn't say I want to cover my bases yeah about me and like blah 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 so I think maybe Betty was like yeah I kind of know how Jughead can be here you go he wrote about me in his book right. right like something like that so I thought that they like they sort of understood each other in that moment but I I also don't think that Betty should have just let her leave with it maybe just let her skim it read it go right. over it or something like do you need to take it yeah because because that was his like li- hey can i scan this real quick yeah like this was his livelihood it's the only copy of it and now he's at risk of losing representation which he does but it's 
I under I kind of felt for him in that moment where he realized that whatever he wrote, you know, all of that was for nothing. The fact that he was tripping on mushrooms and and ended up in Sketch Alley, like dying because he ripped his hand out of handcuffs, like all of that meant nothing because he still didn't have the writing that he did that night. So I did kind of feel bad for him in that moment, mm-hmm. but I quickly did not feel bad for him anymore once he decided that he was going to submit Cora's manuscript as his own. I saw that coming a little bit. I mean, we knew something was going to have to come right. from it because that couldn't have just been random. And we both talked about it where we were yeah, like, we knew it was are gonna we going to get back. anything from that? Right. We're like, is that going to come back? Whatever. Yeah. But I am glad that he realized like, this is not the thing to do. What do you think made him realize that? Talking to Betty. But what did she say to him that would have really... That everybody has addictions. I think I think that's what it was. Like, he had the addiction and he's admitting that he has an addiction. And then she's like, well, I think I have an addiction too. Which I think was a cop out a little bit. But she's like, but in a different sense. Like, she didn't try to relate to him. She was kind of like, listen, the only way I feel alive is when I'm doing what I'm doing. And that's trying to find these killers. Like, this is what I want to do. This is the only time I feel like I'm me. So I understand what you're going through because the only way you wrote your book was that way. So I think that's what it was. And then he realized like, oh shit, like this is a cop. I can't do this because she's right. You know, like I wrote my book out of this, that, and the other thing. And... That's my, like, based on his addictions. And that's, that's what he realized, I think. I just, I find that confusing because I did feel, I agree with what you're saying, that Betty was basically being like, I, like, I have to do this. This is part of me. Mm-hmm. I have to look for serial killers and catch serial serial killers. I can't live without it. But that doesn't seem to be the right message for Jughead, who is trying not to give in to his vices. And I feel like that would have led him to continue to pass yeah, off the manuscript right. as his own. So I, I I agree that with what you were saying that Betty was saying. I just don't know how that translated to Jughead to be like, I need to come clean about this, unless he looked at Betty and was like, wow, I do not want to end up like Betty. So I'm going to change my <laughs> ways and try and start doing the right thing. Right. So that actually might make more sense in my brain, at least, as to why he had a change of heart about that. But it was just not a very well thought out plan either, because Cora was going to see her book published and then be like, uh, excuse me, I wrote this thing. Mm. There's no way he was going to be able to get away with it. Yeah, that's true. Especially since it sounded like it was autobiographical. He described it as like a Right, when he described it, I was like, oh, a girl who does this and that. And I'm like, what? This yeah, she doesn't sound... Yeah, she was like a 20-something girl at NYU um, as like an a up-and-coming writer who's having lots of sex and partying and whatever. And it was just like, yeah, that I actually... I feel like he was kind of doing that too, though. <laughs> I guess, but I don't know. It, it fit her But life. I love how Sam really quickly was like, I love it! I know, and which it's is like, weird to what? me because the last time we really heard from him, he was telling Jacka to write about like small-town Americana. So <laughs> that doesn't really fit the theme. And when he said he loved it, it was kind of like... 
it was just such a general theme that it, it was, checks all the boxes of what people like to read about. But but it wasn't what he was going for. <laughs> no, and even if we recall back earlier in the season, what Jug had submitted to Sam early on was his um, his speech for Pop Tate's retirement mm-hmm. party, and that's that's what, what sold him. That's what sold Sam, and and made him say, "Okay, they want small town Americana." And then this is not at all what that is. And so you would think Sam would have been more Unless like, it was just desperation at that point. Like, you need writing. This is decent. Yeah, whatever Let's you can put out, it. we'll take it. So at this point, you know, Jughead has lost his agent. Sam is like, I can't work with you anymore, which is totally fair. Seems like it's an okay thing for Jughead. The deadline seemed like it was the thing that was giving him the most anxiety and forcing him into these bad decisions. So not only does he get fired from his agent, he gets fired from the high school. <laughs> He's done. Which is kind of funny to me because who else is still showing up to teach at this school? And why are they, should they all be being fired? Yeah, they should all be fired. Poor Jughead has to pay the cost for everybody who hasn't been showing up to work. Nobody's asked about Betty. Nobody's asked about Betty or Veronica. Or Veronica. Or, okay, but even like... Fucking Tony. Uh, well, maternity, maternity leave. leave. <laughs> Whatever. And I say that not being an asshole. But like, but even, I mean, like, Archie is sort of present there, but we haven't seen him in, like, his ROTC classroom or coaching the football team in a no, really, no, really long time. No, no, we don't see time. Archie doing fucking anything, and I'm so... Can, can this be it? Can this be it? <laughs> I mean, that's what they said. Is there a closure here? That's what they said. Do you believe it? No! I don't. <laughs> It wrapped up so fucking neatly. My brain hurts. Exactly. It wrapped so up neatly. so clean that it's like, can he just fucking help Betty now? Can he yeah. help just Jughead out? Else. Can he do something different? I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, that cracked me up because Eric was like, so it's over? And Archie's like, yeah, it's over. No, it's not over. And I was like, wow, nothing has ever sounded less over to me. Fuck our lives. Because this. this is not not happening. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to spend too much time on I this. I don't either. So let's just briefly go over it. So Archie is really upset because General Taylor is getting some sort of commendation from the army about his service and whatever. And that inspires him to try to bring a complaint against him in the military tribunal courts. Right. And he then goes to the victim's families. Right. To get their blessing, to make sure that they want this to be pursued. And honestly, lukewarm support. Right. I was going to say it was kind of like half and half. Yeah. Some people really hate it. They just didn't want to deal with it anymore. Yeah. Like, we don't want to deal with it anymore. The war widow was a terrible actress. Oh, bad. I honestly, I didn't register it the first time I watched it. But when I did the rewatch, she was so deadpan. Hold on. She's like, honestly, I just have to worry about my son right now. But can we, can I just (laughs) double, I, I did like a weird double take with that. Yeah. Is that his son? Son. Was that enough time? Oh, yeah. I was trying to work that out, too, but I honestly stopped thinking about it because I was like, this is taking up too much of my brain. No, I get it, but I was just kind of like, it's a newborn. Yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. how far back are we going? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it had to have been at least nine months ago. Um, Probably a year. A year to, like, 18 months, probably. All right. I don't know. There could have been, like, a visitation situation where, like, he came home or... So I, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt on that. I'm not going to do the math on it, and I'm not going to, like, really nitpick it because I know I will just get frustrated and 
and there's really I, no, I just that that no kind of weirdly stood out to me that's all no I, I I flagged the same thing but I just after I thought about it for a few minutes I was like I don't care enough and mm-hmm. <laughs> this is just not important so the only other thing that we found out was that Eric knew what General Taylor was intending and carried out the mission to kill this like warlord <laughs> or whatever <laughs> a warlord warlord and he was absolved of all guilt because he was just a pawn in this whole scheme. Mm. What was interesting to me, and maybe this is just semantics and doesn't deserve a lot of our time or attention, but they kept calling this a dirty mission. But to me, it just sounded like a bad call or like a reckless call because they were bringing medical supplies to civilians. That mm. was the that was right. the party line. But the actual mission was to assassinate this warlord. They were sent in and they didn't have appropriate backup or, you know, all of the stuff that they needed to be able to survive this mission, I guess. But I don't know. Dirty feels like a sh- like the wrong word for it. Yeah. Like, it was just it was sort of like a bad call. Like, yeah, it <laughs> wasn't Taylor like just ju- right. Did something really shitty, but like. It wasn't an intentional, like, sought-out situation. Right. Well, it made me think, God, this is going to be the third week in a row that I'm referencing True Blood, but it just makes me think of True Blood because that, that thing that oh. Terry went through. Terry, oh, my God. Yeah. That was dirty to me. Yeah. That, that was, no, that was totally dirty. Yeah. Given the circumstances. Yes. Exactly. So, like, when I compare them in my head, I'm just like, General Taylor was trying to kill this dude and just was so narrow-minded about how he was going to get it done that he didn't care that he was putting all these people in danger, which is, I would say, not so much dirty as just reckless and stupid. Mm. But either way, he is dishonorably discharged from the military. Eric has no consequences from it. Everything's great and hunky-dory, and that's kind of where we leave it. And they're just so insistent that it all worked out that it makes me feel like it can't possibly have worked out. Right. So <laughs> I guess we'll see. No, I completely understand what you're saying. I I really do hope, though, at this point in time that it is wrapped up. Or at least we can backburner it. The only thing that... Because um, I, I had it on my murder board that we could potentially be able to connect the military to the Mothman because yes. it was suggested that there was government testing going on and that could explain some of the phenomena that were experienced. So I don't, maybe that's why this isn't over because we're definitely thinking that it's not over. So maybe this is why, maybe because it ties into something else. And I would hope that that's true because otherwise this was a really boring kind of all the archie shit is fucking boring can we just put that put a fucking nail in that and sew it shut something terrible already which is ptsd and then they were like and also there was a dirty mission about it and it was just like stop it was horrible enough already it was enough can we not but speaking of people with ptsd betty betty (laughs) how'd you know (laughs) well she is you know she's going through it Apparently, just walking the lonely highway dressed like Polly, because... I love how, (laughs) honestly, Alice is like, oh, she's working the lonely highway. Like, she doesn't give a fuck. She's gone completely 
off the deep end. Off the deep end. And we haven't seen Juniper and Dagwood in a long time, but no, I can't imagine that that's they have good to for be, them. <laughs> I would hope that they're still alive and well. Yeah. I mean, honestly, they should be probably turned over to child services because Alice does not seem capable of parenting or taking care of them in any real way. Betty, ah, uh, Betty's going, she's going through it. She's, she's too deep now. Well, she's crossed. She crossed the line a long time ago. I think. No, she always did. I agree with that. But I think now it's like now it's such a common thing where like the fact that Alice is like, oh, she's working the lonely highway as if like that's OK. It's not OK. Yeah. Well, something that bothered me is the fact that Betty hasn't mentioned or it seems like she has not mentioned to the FBI or to Glenn what she discovered with that guy. That almost killed her. Oh, yeah. No. I know that she's probably... And we we haven't seen any talk about it since. Well, I mean, we had the the waste of an episode last week, so, like, we didn't really Well, yeah, but that didn't... Right, but nothing happened with it. Right, but we didn't see anything this episode in terms of Fallout. Like, what did she do with the body? We don't know that. Mm -hmm. But you would think that even though she would have to be admitting that, yes, she did impersonate an FBI uh, agent to capture this dude and then held him somewhere instead of turning him over to... Like, she would have to admit to criminal activity herself. Yes. But you would think that since she really wants to find Polly, they would have more resources. They could have taken DNA and tried to match him to potentially other murders or other things going on. Like, there's... there, There's a lead now. There's someone who oh, is absolutely. involved... And who claims to have recognized Polly, at least, if not the one to kill her, and could have brought them to other conclusions. So the fact that, like, nothing has really been communicated to the FBI about that occurrence is really annoying to me. Because she's doing everything, quote, everything to find Polly, but she hasn't said anything to anybody about this guy who tried to kill her with a chainsaw. That would be relevant. Alice is the only person that knows, though. And even there, there's no... And Tabitha, technically. <laughs> right. But again, <laughs> nobody went above and beyond that. Right. And those are the people with the resources to be able to connect this guy to maybe other people or other murders. So that annoys me. Because it's like, you would think that would be the most obvious thing that she could do to help with the investigation. Right. But she seems determined to go it alone. So, of course, the only thing she can do is try to lure truckers on the lonely highway by walking around dressed like Polly. Right. That's the best thing. And who has clothes like that, honestly? Yeah, what kind of coat is that? It's just like, who owns that? (laughs) Certainly not me. But she has more than one because then Tabitha decides, listen, I'm going to help you out. I have no choice but to at this point. Right, because otherwise Jughead was going to help her. And honestly, I thought that was more... Uh, this was weird for me because I thought that it would be helpful to Jughead to help Betty because the thing that drives him to drink and stresses him out is his work and Mm -hmm. his own life. But focusing on somebody else's problems and like helping Betty solve murders always seemed to be a really good thing for him. So when he was talking about how concerned he was... And Tabitha was like, no, you need to focus on your sobriety and go to your meetings and shit, and I'll go help Betty. I was like, why can't Jughead help? Right, that's the more, like, that helps him more. Right, because then both of them, both Tabitha and Betty, can be there to to make sure that that he's not drinking. 
And and it just gives him something else to focus right, on. Right, he's so- more worried. And then we see, honestly, the end of the episode, he's at an AA meeting saying, I'm worried about my friends. Right, I'm worried about my friends. Like, I was seven days sober, now I'm back to one. Yeah. Hoping to get to eight, but I'm worried about my friends. So now that's not going to help anything now Right, for him. so now he has to sit at home worried about them and then, like, what, drink probably? So, probably. Like, to be able to participate in that, it's not like being with Betty drove him to drink. It was honestly only after Betty left that he mm-hmm. started having a drinking problem. So maybe we need to look at that and, and think about that connection. I'm curious as to whether or not i mean we know that cole sprouse and lily reinhardt are on the outs but like are they going to get jughead and betty back together because it almost seems like they're they're at least toying with the option right because she seems to save him in ways that no one no one else can no so that's an interesting relationship absolutely we haven't seen any of, like, Archie and Veronica in a while, which is nice. We haven't seen a lot of, like, romantic scenarios no. recently. Yeah, you're right. In general. Really, except for Josie and fucking, what's his face? Sweet Pea. Sweet Pea. But again. That was a, right, that was like a, a one-time, one-time thing. <laughs> Never gonna see him again. Uh, I'm God, very. I hated that episode. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, let's just pretend it doesn't exist. Let's just talk about the trailer for next week because it seemed like utter madness. <laughs> Complete hell breaking loose. Yeah. It sounds like, and I, oh, who was it who said that there was a connection or something? I was like, these two things are connected. And I was like, yes, you <laughs> tell me what's connected. Finally. Because I've been waiting for this. And I think it seems like there was a mind collapse incident. And yes, I, the mind. Yeah. So I think we're going to get more on the Mothman and like how that really interacts with the other things that are going on. Mm -hmm. So and I think it's pretty likely that Betty and Tabitha are going to end up in a shitty situation. Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, I mean, Jughead's voiceover says, like, oh, I had a bad feeling or like that's one thing I I love his voiceovers. So I'm glad they're kind of back. Yeah. They took a hiatus for a while, but I'm glad they're back. Yeah, so I think next week's going to be a very murder board heavy kind of revelationary episode. Very exciting. So, like, I'm obviously very excited for this. Unfortunately, we're going to have to wait an extra week to get into that. And it's all my fault because I have a very fancy black tie wedding to attend. And it's literally an all-weekend event. So we will be skipping next week, but we will return the following week. With a double episode. With our double analysis of whatever happens next week and whatever happens the following week. Hopefully it's not too much for us to, you know. Our brains are not going to (laughs) explode. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. We're getting down to the end of the season, so things are about to get wild. Yeah, it's our last three. It's, uh, I can't believe it, but we're barely going to have time to miss it before it comes back again in November, so... That's not so bad. Yep. But that's what we got coming up, and we're pretty pumped. So yeah. we hope that you guys will join us on this journey. And until then, that's Endgame. 